Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Better Off Games and the Better Off Blog, and I just want to talk a little bit about uh, live streaming and uh, podcast recordings of games, and just uh, some of the things that the the uh, the internet and and the growth of uh, platforms like YouTube and and Podbean have, have sort of done for uh, for gaming. Uh, but I want to come at it more from an angle of I don't know. I'm a I, you know I I grew up in the '80s. I didn't you know I. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on the old school side when it comes to my approach to play. And, and so, you know, I was very sort of resistant to this idea of, um, of live streaming. Uh, people would occasionally mention it to me and I sort of, you know, grumble about it and not really have much interest. And I, I, but I kept getting persistent requests for live streams of my games. And, I, and eventually it, ju- it just dawned on me that, well, this is clearly something that people are interested in. I genuinely was not sure why it, it, I, I it just kind of perplexed me I didn't understand why you would listen to somebody playing a game uh, then I started looking at it more I started paying more attention I saw that there were different kinds of uh, live streams different kind you know there are different ways of doing it some more edited some more sort of you know organic and just sort of a natural game some you know varying levels of professionalism in terms of the performances of the people Um uh, but I think, I think there's a few things that sort of draw people to them. Um, I want to talk about one of those things. Uh, so, so, I mean, there's obviously a lot of other reasons why people watch these things. Number one, I mean, you know, I, I could easily see it being like a, a sort of a vicarious way of experiencing RPGs. If you don't have access to a game group, but you, you, you played it when you were younger, or you, you're interested in RPGs, and you just never had a chance to play them, especially as... Uh, there was sort of resurgence in interest when uh, um, Stranger Things came out, and um, and uh, the uh, uh, you know the whole D and D sort of uh, you know uh, sort of interest in like you know AD and D stuff uh, reemerged. So I think um, I think that's definitely something. But the thing I want to talk about is uh, is sort of the utility of it because I realized when when we game. So gaming is a lot like uh, when I was younger. I played guitar, and I had a guitar teacher, and I, and and one of the th- the methods he used among many to teach me, uh, you know, just the, the the art of playing guitar was, you know, you would just you know show me different songs. Sometimes he would bring tablature. Sometimes he would bring it in sheet music form. I'm not very skilled at sheet music. I, I can barely understand it today. But but you know, every, every once in a while, I would have to work off of sheet music and and he uh he he but he would teach me songs that i often didn't know so like you know i was a kid that was into heavy metal and so you know i i I grew i I listened to the doors a little bit before getting into metal i listened to some you know things like sabbath and and led zeppelin but i did i wasn't a very expansive sort of classic rock oriented kind of kid and and so uh you know, he, he, but he knew that I liked things in minor keys. He knew that I liked things with darker uh, themes to them. And so he showed me a song by the Rolling Stones called Paint It Black, which I had never heard before. And all I had to go on was, was the playthrough of it that he showed me. And then he, I, I forget if he gave it to me in tablature or just wrote the chords, chord names down. But I, I, I fell in love with the, with the, uh, with the chord progression and the, the rhythm of the song. And I knew nothing about the song beyond that. And it wasn't for at least another two years that I actually heard the song. So, uh, so I went off and I, I, I just kept playing it. And within a month, I was playing it 
totally differently than what he had told me. And I was uh, effectively playing a different song. And I would, I, you know, I, I might meet a friend who I knew liked the Rolling Stones and, you know, they didn't, they, that was like the, uh, they had no interest in the other kind of music that I listened to. So I would show them, you know, paint it black to, to, to you know, maybe form a connection. And they have no idea what I was, uh, what I was, what I was trying to play. So, um, and, and, and so I just, I, and I, and, and, and I just ended up playing it in a very, uh, it just was not painted black by the time I was done with it. And so I think this is a very long winded way of me saying that's kind of what role playing is like, like in role playing, especially back in the day when, you know, like you would get a book and it would describe what role playing was, and then it would give you a bunch of rules and setting material. You would go off and you would play it with your friends, but you, you had no access to what the designer was doing. There was no recording of of Gygax playing this game for you or of whoever it was you know there were a bunch of games out by the time I was playing so you know there, there were you know there were there were step by step sort of examples there were extended examples of play and those could be very useful but I still you know you, you people just tended to carve their own path and within months they were playing things way differently than uh than than probably how the person who designed the book was playing things. And, and in a way, I think that's good. I think, I mean, it's great that, you know, you have all these different approaches. One of the downsides of it is people from different, you know, camps, people who like, you know, I learned to play with my group in Boston and this guy learned to play with his group two towns over. You, you know, you try running a game together and you're on very different pages from each other. And eventually you figure out what, you know, what style works for everybody present. Um, but I think one of the functions, uh, uh, one of the utilities that, uh, that streaming can pr pr provide is it can at least allow the person who makes the game to sort of demonstrate what they were trying to do. Uh, and, and if people have the interest in listening or watching, you know, they can, they can use that as a, as, a, as, a, as a guide. I think there is a downside to that, which is people aren't going to be going off on their own as much if they're, if they're reliant on the podcasts. Um, so I think... I think the way to use it is to, you know, uh, you know, watch the podcast, listen to the podcast, the examples of play, but understand that you can do whatever you want. Um, and also, there's just sort of a more general approach. So a lot, you know, a lot of these podcasts, they're just people who are running an estate, you know, their own kind of campaign. So it's not it's not necessarily that you're getting information from the designer. But I mean, the point is, you're learning a format of play when you watch these things. And that can be helpful because, you, you know, you can sort of see what people are doing. Um, and I know that a lot of people are extremely cautious about either starting GMing or starting a campaign just because they don't know the ins and outs and they have a lot of uncertainties of, well, am I supposed to be doing this or am I supposed to be doing this? What exactly does it mean when I'm, you know, sitting down and preparing for a game? What does it mean when I, you know, uh, when I'm, uh, when I describe what happens and then the players t tell me and at what point do I need to inter interject and advance time or not advance time? There's all these things that can really sort of throw off uh, people, especially if they're second-guessing themselves. And so I think, again, I think one of the things that maybe these live streams are providing is a little bit of clarity in that sense. And also the fact that you can see a number of different styles so that you realize there's a whole landscape of approaches. And again, this isn't stuff that you didn't, you know, we, we had descriptions of this in the old books. We had, you know, articles on it. It's just that the, the direct sort of, uh, you know, example uh by actually watching and listening is is i think going to be useful for people i again i i think there's also going to be downsides to it so so one of the things that we're trying to do 
uh, as you've probably seen, we've been putting up more podcasts of our recorded sessions. And one of the things you might notice is we leave in all the mistakes. Um, I, it's not, these are not highlight reels. These are just, we hit record, you know, many of them are going to be on days when somebody is having a bad day and not on the ball. Uh, many of them are going to be days where things just don't work out because they're trying something new. And that's kind of what I want. I'm call, I'm, I'm sort of calling it like uh, GMing without armor. Like we're, 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 we're not, we're not trying to create an, any kind of illusion. So like if you listen to the Disposable Disciples session, you can hear arguments between me and some of the players and the rules. And I, 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 you know, I've specifically said to them that that's fine. We can do that. Like that, like, I don't want, I don't want us to sort of, uh, not include those things. And I think that, uh, I think that, you know, in it, but you can also see, because in the, in the last session, there's a, the, we haven't, we have not an argument, like a debate over, over one of the mechanics. And in hindsight, I realized I made the wrong call, um, which is fine. That happens. Uh, and this is a call that I frequently make because it's a gray area in the system that, I have difficulty with. So I imagine if I have difficulty with a gray area in my own system, that a lot of other people <laughs> will have that same problem. And so I think it's just useful for people to know that, that like, you know, there's, you know, there's not, you know, there's, there's this, uh, you know, there's this overlap uh, in how defenses work in the game that keeps leading me to the same point. Eventually it's probably going to lead me to uh, maybe make a tweak, but it's also just something that you just sometimes have these overlaps in games and you just you sort of you just sort of deal with it. Um, and and so. Uh, so, yeah, so the the the, you know, going forward, I think what, what you'll what you'll see more of is uh, so that we have the disposable disciples recordings, which are those are the most sort of brutally honest. Um, uh, I, I know that crowd. We've been gaming together for a long time. Uh you know, everybody has very strong personalities at the table and everybody has uh, very strong opinions about things. So you, you'll see that on display in that session. It's also it's also a campaign where like people are ruthless. And so there's just, it's I, I think I think it's maybe more entertaining, but not for the reasons that I would hope it would be. Uh, and so uh, but but we're on session 83. So we're doing something right. So uh, but some, something else you'll see is I'm going to be experimenting a lot. So I'm trying out some ideas that I'm working on for Strange Tales, and I don't know how they're going to land. And so you'll see these ideas evolve. You'll see that they won't be uh, the same from when I first introduced them to when, when I when they when they sort of really start to take shape by the end. I'm sort of refining some of these concepts, so you'll see that there's inconsistencies because. I start with an idea and then I realize, oh, I need to change the idea. And then I apply it in a different way. Um, and so that's, again, I just think stuff like that, is, I, you know, I could, I could sort of conceal that, but I, I think it's better for people to see it. And so, um, and so, cause I think it's going to, I, what I, what I'm hoping the podcast will do is it'll give people examples of play. It'll give people a window into sort of how we design things and it'll entertain people. If it does those things, I think it's, I think we're, we're, we're doing well. We also have the Lady 87 campaign, and that's a little bit different because that's a shorter session, and it's um, and it's it's also a little bit more focused. The the you know there's a little bit more of a of a dramatic sort of uh, direction to things. Uh, it's not like there's a pre-planned story, but there's um, but everybody who's in participating in the game is sort of invested 
in the drama that's unfolding. And so, so there, there's a, you know, there's a little bit more of that in the campaign. Uh, it's still very free form. It's still got like a strong sandbox element, but there's just more dramatic elements. And so you'll see more dramatic twists and turns in the game. The disposable disciples campaign is quite the opposite. It's, it's very much sort of, you know, players do whatever they want. Sometimes they'll start on something. They'll decide they don't want to do that. They go in some other direction. So, you know, the only thing to know about it, if you do listen, is there's going to be a lot of loose threads. Um, and so, so yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I'm hoping that we can eventually figure out a way to get my Saturday game in, because I think what people will see there is that's where, um, uh, that's sort of like my more, that's like the most standard wandering heroes of aggregate game. Uh, it, it sort of, it probably reflects the, the way that the book is written the most. Um, and part of that is because two of the other people participating in it are co-designers of the game. So you have, you know, there's just a lot more uh, sort of um, uh, adherence uh, to things. So, um, so yeah, so it, it's, uh, you know, the, the problem there is I, I don't know how to uh, record on, on, on Google+. Plus. I, I know how to record my, my Skype sessions, but I'm not able to record the, the, the Google Plus sessions. I guess I could transfer over to Skype with, uh, with that campaign. That might be one way to do it. Uh, so maybe I'll look into that because we had a great session last week and I, I was kicking myself that we didn't have it recorded because there were some really good examples of things I could have talked about that I could, you know, to sort of just, just to sort of, you know, on, on, a, on, a, on a separate uh, blog or podcast about GMing in general. Um, so, yeah, so I, I just wanted to kind of let people know, you know, why we were doing this. I know I've been meandering and kind of rambling and not been a lot of structure to this discussion. Um, but again, something that I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to just kind of talk on the podcast and then put out a more structured uh, topic on the blog related to what I'm saying. And, and, and I'm enjoying that. I'm really liking how I'm, I like the combination. So I, you know, and if people are bored reading, they can just listen. If people don't like my voice, they can just read it. So, uh, so I think it works, but, but I'm just, I just want people to sort of understand, you know, they've probably seen a lot of these sort of podcast recordings and have no idea what we're doing because there's no lead in, there's no explanation. And, and it was just a, it was just a product of hearing about a lot of the streams and the podcast recordings and sessions, uh, people asking about it. Uh, and this actually goes back. I had somebody, and I won't mention their names. I don't know if they, I have their permission, but I had somebody who for, uh, analytic purposes was looking for recordings of, of, of sessions and, and, and then actually, I think the, at the time it sounded like this person was very meticulously analyzing uh, what people do during a game session. I don't know what the overall aim was, but, I, but it was intriguing. But I just didn't have any uh, session recordings to give the person. And I never thought I would. And then, you know, when I started doing it, I, I, I realized that it was, it, it's kind of fun. It also gives you a different way of keeping a record of your games. Um, the downside is everything has... Uh, an uh, audio or an audio visual record and so that means you know if there are consistencies people will, will notice if there are inconsistencies people will probably notice um, I've taken the path that there will be inconsistencies and I'm just not going to care so uh, that's just how I like to run things uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not I, I go by memory I don't go by session log recording so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, because one of the things I noticed right away is my memory of, uh, of the events 
changes radically not that long after they've occurred. I was very surprised when I was doing my session logs. For a time, I was recording session logs and then and then typing them out. So I was I was uh, uh, I was basically transcribing our session logs into logs on the blog. It took a long time. It was it was it ended up being a huge time sink that I couldn't afford. I. Uh, I, I could, you know, it'd take me too long to do and I wouldn't be able to do other things. And I'm, uh, you know, I don't talk about this a lot, but I'm not, I'm not very healthy. And so I don't have a lot of spare hours if I do want to engage the hobby. So I like to use my time wisely. And, and so I, I ended up not doing that, but, but what, but, you know, I think I stopped after a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe I think I might've done it for a month. I know I was doing it for enough, not long enough that it started to annoy me. Uh, but I, I noticed that I would, like right after the session, I would think something had happened a certain way, but I would go back and listen, and it actually happened differently. And and even um, even when I was talking about uh, a session the other day, I had a session on Saturday, and I was talking about it like a day later or two days later on the podcast. And then I, I, I was talking about the bonuses, and then I started to realize as I was talking, wait, did I give a bonus here or there? And And I think I kind of figured it out, but I didn't record the session, so I don't know. And then later I was thinking about it. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I did I even give a bonus at all? Did I do, do I, and it just, it just started, to, I, I wasn't sure. And so uh, I, I think the, um, I, th- I think it's, it's very striking. And it's not just me because I've talked to other people that have been involved in the recordings and they have different memories too. Um, when, I, when I was a history student, I had to do uh, oral history projects. I know I'm going way off on a tangent, so but these I, I let these recordings go for 20 or 30 minutes, so we'll go on the tangent. But I I used to do um, uh, interviews for oral history projects, and uh, and so I mean we had to sort of learn about you know the process of interviewing and and uh, and and sort of you know what to look for to tell if something's if something really happened or not. And again, I'm no, I'm no social scientist. I'm not, you know, I was just a student. But one of the things I remember encountering was this idea of the rehearsed narrative, which was one of the few concepts I encountered that I really saw in practice because I, I eventually did some freelance reporting after, and that was something I noticed a lot. Uh, and it's, it's this thing where you tell us, you tell the story of what happened so much that the, that the details of the story uh, get replaced by the details that you've sort of constructed to fill in things you forgot or to make it a better story. Everybody kind of does this, but you do it more if you are constantly retelling a story. You know, if you have like an uncle who tells really good stories and they're really entertaining, but they're suspiciously entertaining because they, they, they sound like something out of a book, even though he swears they actually happen, he might genuinely think they happen. He's not, he's not lying necessarily. He's, he's just, he's just not realizing that he's telling a rehearsed narrative. And so that's something that I noticed with these recordings. And, and so on, on a much smaller scale, you know, like I'm talking details that are not like, you know, like we got the rough details right, obviously, but, you know, you forgot the order in which things happened or you forgot who did what exactly or why the fight broke out in the first place. Maybe you think it was something else that also just happens to be more dramatically appropriate. You know, you, so, so, uh, so anyways, long story short, what I'm getting at here is that these session recordings, they, 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 they create a record and you can go back to that record. And I, and I'm quite certain that if I go back and look at my own campaign 
on these recordings, I'm going to find a lot of inconsistencies. But I've decided I'm not going to worry about that. So, so just expect that there will be some inconsistencies and expect that, uh, that uh, what I'm going to try to do is go by memory and make each session entertaining. So every session I'm going to devote my energy to make it as entertaining as I can, like I always do, but I'm going to be focused on that session. I'm not going to be worried so much about, oh, well, eight sessions ago, did we say this or that? Uh, if everybody sort of agrees we said X, that's what I'll go with. Um, and that's just been my approach the whole time. Every time you don't, you don't hear on the recordings. Maybe one day I'll I'll just start hitting record at this point in the conversation. But usually before we start, before I hit the record button, uh, is sort of that moment in the game where everybody's kind of talking. And right before we play, I'll usually just ask for clarification on what everybody remembers about the previous session. And I find that very useful because oftentimes people will remember things differently, especially useful if they remember them differently than I do, and I need to double check things. Um, and uh, another thing that you'll hear in these sessions is that we uh, we do uh, we do sort of uh, take breaks to look things up on occasion just to make sure we're doing them right. So that slows things down. But on the podcast, this isn't like going to be a perfect run of the system. We I make mistakes. We we uh, like I said, I had a I had a bad call last session that I'm definitely aware of. Um, but but we do try to you know use the techniques as written. To the best of our ability and so that oftentimes that'll involve slowing down more than i would if i wasn't trying to be that um uh that like if i was running a game and i wasn't designing a system and worried about am i drifting from what the rules say i would i would just kind of go with what works in the moment and you know if, if my memory is good enough that's fine i don't necessarily have to look up everything when we use it but i find when i'm designing something it's it's useful to run it the way it's written, because what will end up happening is, and this has happened to me before, you know, you write a book, you put out the rules, and then you kind of slowly start playing differently, which is fine if that's how you eventually want the game to become. But uh, if people encounter problems with that system and then come to you with those problems, and you're not having them because you're playing the game differently, that's a problem. Uh, so I try to prevent that problem. And the only time I allow myself to really drift from my own mechanics is when I'm... Um, uh, you know, when I'm, uh, you know, when I either sort of just clearly state, you know, well, just to keep things moving, I'm going to do X. Or when, um, uh, when I, you know, when, when I know that uh, the, all right, so sorry about that. There was, I, I, I had a little bit of a blank, but the other time is when I'm, uh, uh, when I'm just running a game just for the sake of running a game and it's not something that's going to see the light of day. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so the, but the bottom line is you're going to see more, uh, podcast streaming recording type things here. You're also going to see the game lab, which is a totally different idea, but the concept there is really just that we, uh, we get an idea and we test it out and sometimes we live stream it. Sometimes we just talk about it. So this week I think we're just talking about it. But, uh, but occasionally you'll see those. And that'll be probably more interesting to people because it won't just be me running games. It'll be Adam, Rob, it'll be Nick. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll see all kinds of different approaches to play. And I think, I think everybody, you know, all four of us have, I would say, quite different styles. Um, you know, like there's just, you know, you, uh, I haven't I haven't played with Nick yet, but I know Nick's style. I've talked to him. I understand how he approaches game and what his way of looking at games is, and and so I think uh, one of the benefits of of having having four different GMs with four very 
uh, different approaches is people can also sort of see, you know, that it's kind of like sometimes it's like liking styles of music where, you know, you you don't want to lock yourself too much into one style. You know, it's, it's good to be sort of if you're a um, if you're a performer, you know, and you perform within a genre to know, to, to understand how to perform that genre. But um, but your stuff will get boring if you don't, you know, expand your taste beyond the genre. Um, and again, going back to the example I started with, that was one of the things my guitar teacher taught me. Uh, when I first started, I was just into metal. That's all I, that's all I wanted to, uh, to play. That's all I wanted to listen to. And I only, and eventually I got to a very narrow niche of metal and anything outside of that really kind of irritated me. Um, but then, you know, like slowly, uh, my teacher would introduce different music to me uh, that still resonated with me in the same way. He realized that it was, you know, because a lot of times, and, and I know I'm diverging again, but, you know, the the emotional reaction is what was important. So, I, so you know, there were things that were in the genre of music I was listening to that that are also in all these other genres of music if you get the right songs, or you get the right writers, the right performers. And so, you know, uh, I remember, you know, like there's a song called Strange Fruit, which he showed me. It was way outside of what I was normally listening to. But it was it was a fascinating song. And it had, you know, it was a moving song. It had a really, uh, uh, you know, just I, just a really unusual uh, description of something horrific in the lyrics that, you know, appealed to the part of me as a metal fan that, that, that liked that stuff. But it also you know, uh, it just showed me a whole other way of approaching music that I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, uh, I, I hadn't really had that much, much exposure to. And the same thing with things like, uh, classical music, I, you know, you very quickly, my, my teacher identified that there are, uh, melodic things in metal that are very similar to Baroque music. And so he started showing me stuff like Bach. And, and that was some of the sheet music stuff I had to do, but I had to learn a, uh, you know, a good deal of, um, of, of, of Bach just, uh, you know, and, and I, and I was more than happy to, because I fell in love with it. And also, you know, learning about, uh, you know, people way outside my genre, like, uh, like into jazz and stuff like that, like, uh, learning about Jang Ho Reinhardt, who's a, a very important guitarist, uh, who, who, who's one of his hands, his playing hand got, uh, seriously burned. I think he only had like two two working fingers, maybe. Um, I can't remember exactly, but he 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 developed a style of play around the uh, the loss of the of the of the fingers from a, from a fire, and uh, or at least the damage of them. And uh, and 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 you know that 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 knowing that made me way more interested in what the guy had to do musically. You know, it was a style I probably wouldn't have paid much attention to, but just knowing that it really piqued my interest and I was like, I, I had to learn more about him. And I, when I listened to his songs, I was trying to imagine this guy playing in this style. And you realize like, if this guy can do it like this with just these fingers, then, you know, I don't have any excuse. And, um, and, you know, in fact, his story is so powerful. Like guitarists know his story pretty well. Um, that, uh, Tony Iommi of, uh, Black Sabbath who, who lost, I think he lost the tip of one or two, I think two of his fingers, uh, which, you know, at a certain point, he, I don't think he was uh, even sure he was going to keep playing guitar. And somebody showed him Django Reinhardt uh, 
uh, records, and he, you know, that 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 helped him not only get back into it, but he developed a whole style of sound because of the adjustments he had to make from his uh, from his uh, fingers. So in a weird way, that that style of of music that I had no interest in, but I got. I, I, I exposed myself to was responsible for the music that I was locking myself into to that metal that metal genre so that, that you know that you know and I'm probably really oversimplifying here but uh, but I think it's still kind of a nice story so uh, but the but but so what, I, what I'm saying is you know with game lab what I'm hoping is people will will, will get a broader view of things they're not necessarily going to say oh it's all gotta be this you know a lot of the people gaming things, We'll, we'll game that way. Like Rob is going to come come at you with a very clear idea of what Rob thinks is the best way to game and game master, and he's not gonna um, he's not gonna adjust his style uh, to accommodate the audience. But you're also going to get an example of what Adam thinks the best way to GM a game is. You're going to get an example of what I think the best way to GM is, and hopefully what you'll what 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 I'm hoping is obviously if you if you are a gamer and, and you've gamed for years now you don't need this show or at least you don't need this aspect of the show but what i'm hoping is for people who are uh people who are newer to the hobby and and just sort of starting to cut their teeth they'll see that there are these different approaches and they'll they'll at least know they'll find one that appeals to them and then from there they can you know learn more you know there 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 are all kinds of places you can go on the internet to learn about different different styles of play and i'm just a sort of you know average gm i'm not particularly great don't think i'm bad but i'm not particularly great and so uh you know i think that uh i think that you'll get uh, a good selection of styles with game lab and maybe we'll bring more people in as time goes on i don't know i don't know exactly how we're going to do this um and i'm also going to try to have more discussions on the podcast so uh and we're getting up on 30 minutes so i really do have to end soon but we're we're going to try to have uh more more um like I'm going to try to bring more people on and talk to them. And I don't know what that is exactly yet because I want it to be – I don't want it just to be gaming because we obviously have a lot of topics that we like to do on the podcast. I want to cover a lot of things, and I just don't know exactly uh, what that will be. So we'll see what we can get. But, uh, you know, a lot of it is going to depend on who's willing to talk to us. Like right now, I don't think we have – there's not a lot of demand to be on the Bedrock podcast, and I, I don't think that's going to change a whole lot. But – uh but we'll see. I think uh, I think there are people that you know, I have talked to people that have expressed interest in coming on, and uh, and and there are, there are topics that I feel I can cover. There are topics I feel I can't. Uh, we can definitely talk about Wusha. We can definitely talk about RPGs. We can definitely talk from time to time about music. I'm not. It's not. It's not uh, what I devote a lot of my time to these days. But I'd I'd like to bring in some musical stuff because I I, I at least I know enough that I can at least talk about it and. I'd like to bring in, uh, you know, history people because I, 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 history is important in gaming, and I think that uh, a lot of people uh, approach history in a, in a, in a, in a way that uh, makes it hard. And so I'd like to bring on people that are uh, knowledgeable about history to talk about it. And so if I can get some actual historians, I will. Um, but we'll see because I, I don't want to waste people's time either. And, and you know, I, I, this is something where, if, you know, I want, I want people to be happy to come on the podcast and talk about an area that they're interested in. I don't want them to feel obligated to. So uh, so we'll see. I'm not going to call any favors to get them on the podcast. I'm just going to hope people are interested. 
So sorry about that. The, so this this podcast is the most uh, spliced up podcast I've ever done. I apologize. We had uh, one moment where I just lost my train of thought and I had to stop and hit record again. And one moment where I, uh, I had my alarm go off. So I, I apologize. Um, I will... Uh, uh, so I'm going to end the podcast here. I think that we've had too many interruptions at this point. And what I'll do is... I will uh, I will uh, resume this topic at another time, but hopefully this this was informative for people and you have a better idea of what the podcast is going to be and what we're thinking of doing in the coming months.